You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Psalm 119 and verse number 161, and uh, the Bible says, Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. Verse 162, I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. Verse 166, Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word. I pray you'd speak to us tonight, and I pray that the word of God would once again do a work in our hearts, and I pray that it would change us. I pray that it would uh, control how we think and how we live and how we act. I pray that it would have an effect on our attitude. I pray that this week we would live on the winning side. I pray we'd live with joy and peace and contentment because our life is not uh, dependent upon circumstances, but our life is dependent upon the truths of your holy word. I pray that you'd bless us now in these few moments in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. We started this portion of Psalm 119 uh, two weeks ago, I believe it was, and we got through the first couple verses in this section. We saw uh, number one, we saw the princes in verse 161. David said, those princes, they have persecuted me. Now, I don't like it when anybody persecutes me, but especially when it's somebody that knows better. Somebody, when it, especially when it's somebody who, who, who has a position of authority and responsibility and they ought to be able to see things from both sides, but nonetheless, the princess persecuted David. But he said, by heart standeth in awe of thy word. We saw the princes. We saw, number two, the persecution. Uh, number three, we saw uh, the, uh, the word pure. It says, uh, my heart standeth in awe of thy word. The princes persecuted him without a cause. And uh, David said, uh, there was nothing in me. I, I hadn't done anything wrong, but nonetheless, I received that persecution. Then we saw number four, the pleasure. David says, I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. And we see the prize. Uh, the word of God to David was like a treasure. You know, I hope we treat the Bible like a treasure. I hope we, we treat it and realize that this book right here if you had nothing else in life, but you had the Bible, I want to tell you, you'd be okay. But if you have everything else in life and you don't have the Word of God, you're going to be miserable. And that's what we see in this world today. We see that uh, uh, in Hollywood, uh, we, we see the, the sports uh, superstars and multimillionaires. You know what we find is that people are looking for happiness. People are looking for something that'll satisfy. And you know what they find? They find that money does not do it. You say, well, pastor, I, I don't want to take your word for it. I'd like to find out for myself. Well, let me just tell you, you may find out for yourself, but I'll tell you what you'll find. You'll find that riches never satisfy. Money is not going to bring you satisfaction. 
the Bible tells us that the love of money is the root of all evil. That love for money and that desire for more, uh, the, uh, they that desire to be rich, they that will be rich, the Bible says there's, there's many uh, uh, afflictions that come with that. And so David says, thy, thy word uh, is uh, to me as one that findeth great spoil. I want you to look at verse 163 and I want you to see David's passion. This is where we'll pick up tonight, uh, number six, if you're taking notes, David's passion. He says in verse 163, I hate and abhor lying. Now, he tells about something that he hates, but he also tells about something that he loves. And he's passionate about both. Now, I think sometimes, I think we're in the middle on both. First of all, David says, I hate and abhor lying. Now, let me ask you this question, and I want you to think about it. Don't, don't answer out loud, and please don't jump ahead of me. But my question for you is, do you hate, do you abhor, do you detest lying? Most of us would say yes when it is done to us, right? I hate being lied to. Anybody else with me on that? I hate it. And by the way, I've been lied to. You've been lied to. I've been lied about, you've been lied about. That's just a part of life. Uh, don't be surprised when it happens. You know why? Because the Bible says all men are liars, right? Um, uh, lying is something that is, uh, is a part of our nature many times, the old nature, the sinful nature. But many times we would say, yes, I hate lying when it's done to me. I hate lying when it's done about me. But most of us are not, we're not, we're not really bothered by it when we're the ones doing it. Now you say, oh, pastor, I don't lie. Well, let me tell you what that word lying means. The word lying means deception, a falsehood, or a fraud. You know, sometimes we lie not in our words, not that we say, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, that, that chair right there, uh, that chair is bright blue. You know, no, it's not bright blue. But we lie sometimes in our actions. We lie sometimes in what we say or how we portray something. Uh, we can deceive people. We can mislead people. Sometimes we are lying in that we say one thing, but we do another. Did you know that's lying? Did you know that is deceptive? That is being a fraud? Say, well, well, pastor, you don't really think we do that. Yeah, I do. I think we all do that. And I think we need to confess it. I think we need to get it right. I think we need to get back to the truth because if we're not careful, we'll start with little lies. Sometimes it starts in the home. Sometimes it starts with a, a, a teenager to a parent. Or, or a child to a parent, or maybe it starts with an employee to an employer, or sometimes it'll start with within uh, uh, friends or within family. And the next thing you know is you have, you've gotten to where what started as something little, it's gotten bigger and it grows. And then you gotta try to remember what you said to this person so you can try to keep the lie going. Friend, I wanna tell you, lying is lying and God hates it, God abhors it. The question is, do you? The question is, do I? Because David said, I hate, I abhor lying. And when you have a passion against lying, and we have a, 
a passion against deceit, you're going to have a passion for loving the Word of God. You know why? Because this book is true. And you're not going to love the truth like you should until you hate lying like you should. And you're not going to hate lying like you should until you get a love for the truth of the Word of God like you should. David said, I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. Verse 164, we see not only David's passion, but we see David's praise. It says in verse 164, seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. Now, I don't know for a fact that David had a little checklist and every day he'd say, okay, there's one, there's two, there's three, there's four, there's five, there's six, there's seven. Okay, I, I've praised God enough today, there's seven times. I don't know that for a fact, but I know this, the number seven is the number in the Bible of completion. And can I tell you, there ought to be a whole lot of praising going on in our lives every single day. If you have to look back and say, oh, let's see, did I praise God today? I got news for you. You didn't praise him enough. If you've got, if you get to the end of your day and you say, you know, I complained a lot. I was griping. I was murmuring. I was upset. I was mad. I was angry. And, and you get through your day and you don't remember any times you've praised God. That's a problem. David said, I praise God seven times a day, seven times a day. And he says, here's why. Because of thy righteous judgments. You know, David was talking about the princes and their decisions and their laws and their judgments in verse 161. But he gets to verse number 164 and he said, God, I want to praise you because every decision you make is right. Every judgment you make is right. God is worthy of our praise. That number seven in the Bible, I don't have time tonight to get into it, but I wrote down some things. You ought to look at it. The Bible talks about forgiveness seven times and not just seven times but 70 times seven the bible talks about in the old testament how the priest would sprinkle the blood you know how many times seven times when naaman went down to to wash in the uh the jordan river he was told he said you got to dip how many times seven times seven is the number of completion the bible tells speaks of itself and it says that it has been purified Seven times. You know what that number is? It's the number of completion. I'm glad we have a Bible that is pure. I'm glad we have the Word of God. I'm glad I don't have to stand up here uh, uh, in services and say, now if you'll take your pen, please, and if you'll mark this part out, because that's not right, and if you'll add this to this, because this is what this should say, I'm glad we don't correct the Bible because it's already correct. It's perfect. It is pure. And David says seven times a day, do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments? My wife and I, and you know the story, I've, I've told you many times, but my wife and I, we prayed for nine years that God would give us a baby. And uh, in those years, we had many miscarriages. And there were many times we had a lot of conversations, we had a lot of uh, praying, we had a lot of fasting, we had a lot of weeping, we had a lot of things during that time that we went through. But here's what we, we came to the conclusion in our lives that whatever God decided, we were going to be okay with that. And you know, I want to say tonight that you're going to have to come to that conclusion with whatever situation you're facing tonight. Whatever's going on in your home, your family, your job, 
your health, your finances, you've got to come to the conclusion that God is always right and that he does not make any mistakes. Now, David's been persecuted here. David talks about it. David's going through some hard times, but he says, God, I'm going to praise you for your righteous judgments. Your decisions, God, are never wrong. They are always right. I want to tell you, is the sooner that we get to that point in our lives where we acknowledge that, the better we're going to be. And we'll say, God, I'm going to praise you. Even when it's not the judgment or the decision that I would have made, God, you're right, and you're good, and you're sovereign, and I'm going to praise you no matter what. David praises God. Number uh, seven, the word is praise. Number eight, I want you to notice in verse 165, the word is peace. Oh my, this is a verse we like to use, don't we? Great peace have they which love thy law. I want you to read the rest of the verse with me. You ready? And nothing shall offend them. You know when we like to use that verse? When it's somebody else. Or we like to use that verse when we've done something to hurt somebody. And we like to say, well, you know, if you were a good Christian, you know, you wouldn't. This verse is not a license for you or I to go around hurting people. Let me just make that very clear. You say, well, I'm just trying to help you make sure you know if you love the Bible or not. No, that's a serious case of the stupids, okay? That is not what we're supposed to do to see if we can push people's buttons. That's not what we're supposed to do to say, hmm, who can I make mad in church tonight? I know, I'll start right down here. I'll make Jonathan mad. I'll see if I can irritate him. Oh yeah, it's gonna be good. Let me think this week of what I can do to hurt him or what can I do to offend? Are you kidding me? Let the devil keep his job. He's doing a pretty good job of, of, of irritating people. You and I don't need to help. You and I need to get on the other side. We need to get on the side of the Lord and say, what can I do to help somebody? And what can I do to encourage somebody? What can I do to be a blessing to somebody? Say, well, you know, uh, Jonathan, he just, he needs somebody to build some character in his life. Well, why don't you let the Lord take care of that? And why don't you do all you can to help uh, pray for somebody, encourage somebody, and be a blessing to somebody rather than being an irritant? You know, Paul said that he had a thorn in the flesh. And I hope that wasn't a church member. I hope that thorn in the flesh, I hope it wasn't somebody else in the ministry. Uh, I, he said it was a messenger of Satan that was sent to buffet him, and I don't know who, where, what, or why, but I know this. He had a thorn in the flesh. Don't let that be you in somebody's life. Uh, be a, a cause of encouragement, a cause of blessing. But he says this, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. That word offend is an interesting word. It, it means to cause someone to stumble. The New Testament talks about this and it tells us that in our lives, we must be very careful not to be a stumbling block to somebody. Did you know you could be a stumbling block to somebody uh, without even, you know, you don't, have to, you don't have to walk them to the bar to be a stumbling block. You understand that? You don't have to walk somebody over and help commit a crime, but you can be a stumbling block just with with, with, with what you say, with your attitude, maybe by being careless or maybe with pride or maybe bitterness or whatever it is, don't be that stumbling block, but be a stepping stone. 
Be somebody that helps. Be somebody that encourages. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. This verse, of course, does not give us a license to try to hurt people. But this verse does give us a reminder that if we truly love the Word of God, and if we love this book like we should, now hang on, we're not going to let people get us off track. Can I tell you, I'm not serving the Lord for people. And I love you, I love this church. But can I tell you, I'm not, when I wake up in the morning, I'm not saying, you know, everything I do today, I'm just trying to please Victory Baptist Church. I hope I do please you. I hope I do make you happy. I hope I don't make your life miserable. But here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to please the Lord. And if I will please the Lord, I know I'm going to be a blessing to the church. I know I'm going to be a blessing to you. I know I'm going to be help to you. If a man's ways please the Lord, the Bible says he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. And we're not enemies here. We're friends. So I know that's going to be okay. But you got to get up every morning and say, I'm not going to let somebody get me off track. I'm not going to let what somebody says. I'm not going to let what somebody does. I'm not going to let somebody not come into church or somebody saying something or doing something. I'm not going to let them get me off track because my focus is on the word of God and my life is lived to please the Lord. We see his peace. Then again, in verse number 167, we see again, David's passion. He says, my soul hath kept thy testimonies and I love them exceedingly. That word exceedingly, it means much. It means greatly. It means holy. I love thy testimonies. I've said it many times as we've gone through Psalm 119. David refers to God's laws and God's judgments and his commandments and his precepts and all these words because David had the first five books, Genesis through Deuteronomy. That's what David had. David said, I love it. Can I tell you, I'm glad we've got the whole Bible. We've got it from Genesis to Revelation. We have the promises of God. We have the word of God. We've got the gospel account. We've got the book of Revelation that tells us what's going to happen. And we ought to fall in love with the word of God. It's true. You can count on it. Uh, I, I'm not against reading other books. And I hope you do. I think reading is a good thing. I think reading is a great thing for young people. And I'm glad in our school, Brother Dan, I'm glad we do a lot of reading and uh, teach the, ch the children how to read and comprehend and how to understand. You've got to be a reader. But I don't ever think that there should be another book that you love more than the Bible. I don't think there ought to be something that you, you, you cling to more than you cling to the Word of God because this book is powerful. It's alive. It's the Word of God. And then lastly, I see in verse 168, I see the presence of God. Notice what David says in verse 168. He says, I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies. He said, God, I've, I've obeyed. I've done what your word says. I've not just been a hearer of your word, but God, I've been a doer. I've tried to obey you. And you know, I hope that every one of us here, I hope we could honestly say from our heart that this past week we have tried to obey what God has told us to do. Uh, I hope that we are obedient to the word of God. By the way, with obedience, there always comes blessing. You want the blessing of God? Just do what God's told you to do. If you and I love the Lord like we should, we're gonna have a desire to obey him and to do what he's commanded us. But David says, I've kept 
thy precepts and thy testimonies. And then he says this, notice the end of this verse, for all my ways are before thee. Now, that, that passage right there tells me that David was recognizing the fact that God knows everything about us. David was saying, God, my life is an open book. You know everything about me. By the way, God knows everything about you. And God knows everything about me. All of our ways are before him. He sees, he knows. David's motives were not a secret to God. My motives are not a secret to God. God knows the thoughts and the intents of our heart. God knew in this passage, God knew about the princes that were persecuting David. God knew if David really loved the word and reverenced the word. God knew if David was really obeying the commands. And God knew if David was really praising him. David said he was, but God knew if he was or not. God knew if David really had that great peace that he talked about. David admitted to God, he said, God, I want to live every day with the reality of your presence in my life. I think the reason that some Christians don't live for God and don't fear God like they should is that sometimes we don't realize that God is truly with us every single moment of every single day. Now, we like to claim that in the hard times, right? I'm glad he never leaves me. He never forsakes me. And that's a true statement. But that means that the presence of God ought to keep you from doing some things that you might do this week. The presence of God ought to keep you from saying some things that you might say this week. The presence of God ought to keep you from watching some things or listening to some things this week that you shouldn't be watching and you shouldn't be listening to. That's what the presence of God ought to do. It'd be like this, and, and, and I've not had this, of course, um, knock on wood. Um, I've not had this, but maybe some of you have had this where you get audited. Well, what does the IRS do? They come in and they don't just want to see some of your financials, right? They want to see it all. And they can see it all, right? And they do an audit. And when that audit is, 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 is done, it is a thorough audit. It's not just the way you want it presented. It is the way it really is. Can I tell you, God sees things the way they really are. God sees our heart. God takes inventory. God does audits of our life. He does audits of our actions and of our attitudes. God is the one that knows. How about this? I've never had this done, and I hope you haven't either, and I hope we don't have it done. But what about a search warrant? You ever see that? Well, I'm telling you, some of these search warrants, I wonder what they're looking for because they send in the SWAT team. You know, have you ever seen that on the news? And you're thinking, are they expecting that there's, you know, like a, a hidden militia in that house or what? Man, they take the SWAT teams in. And then as they're coming out, you know what they're doing? They're bringing boxes. They're bringing computers. They're bringing electronics. They're bringing everything that they think that they might need. And they go through uh, every hard drive. They go through uh, every uh, receipt, every phone record. They do all those things. 
By the way, I hope none of you have had that done. Because as I'm saying that, I'm thinking, I don't know if anybody it has. But anyway, if, if, if so, you can tell me afterwards if this is accurate or not. But this is the way I, I think it is. But they search everything. Uh, they, they, they search um, the closets. They search under the mattresses, right? They search in the attic. They search in the basement. They search everything, everywhere. You know what? You don't get to hide anything. They're looking and they're searching. I'll say this. David said, God, you don't need a search warrant because I'm giving you permission. He says, God, you don't have to call in an audit on me, he says, because my life is an open book. And God, I want you to search me and I want you to know me and my ways are open before you. Wouldn't it be good if we would just be honest with God? He already knows wouldn't it be great if we would just be honest and just confess our sin, forsake our sin, get things right with God before it's too late, before God has to do something to get our attention? I want to live every day in the presence of God. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.